Good morning. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. Um, today, I have a special guest on my show, and her name is Katie B. And she is an author, motivational speaker, a coach, a yoga instructor, a retreat facilitator, and so many things. And recently, I um, discovered her book, Cheers to Chaos. I haven't finished it yet, but I was so inspired by her book. And she is actually a local San Diego woman too. So I reached out to her and invited her to come on because I think her story is just so inspiring and she does so many good things. And I am so happy to have her on. So welcome, Katie. Thank Thanks you for so being much. here. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel like um, I, it's been a while since I've gotten a chance to like sit and chat and just talk about the book. It came out like a year and a half ago. And so I think I went on a, a big spree about talking about it. And then, you know, things have cycles. So I, I took a moment to step back. But what's important to me about it is that the second part, the subtitle is eight, eight tools for the puffy eyed and powerful. Uh, it's one of my things like we can hold both emotions at the same time. And so the book chronicles eight different parts of my life that are lessons, if you would. There's like a journal question at the end of each one in a self-help kind of way, because I'm such a self-help junkie. And I only reason that I do what I'm doing for so long is because I love that work. And each of the chapters tell um, a different tale. And so my hope is that my puffy-eyedness, my sadness, matches also my powerfulness because I know that especially as women we have so many emotions and it's so nice to be able to hold both at the same time. Um, I just recently had a friend whose parent passed away and she said to me like it feels weird to laugh. You know, I feel like I shouldn't be laughing and I'm like well you can hold both at the same time. You can hold the grief of the loss of this person from their body but you can also be okay to laugh because that's what they wanted. Um, part of my journey started when I was a very, very, um, let's just say, uh, when I have kids, if I have a girl, she's coming back to get me because I was a horrible, horrible kid. <laughs> I pushed all of the, all of the boundaries. Um, I was an emotional butthole and uh, the, big, the big shift in my life that was a defining part of the story is that my mom passed when she was 43 of breast cancer and I was only 14. And there's no good time for your mom to pass. My mom was a really powerful person in my life. She was vice president of her company at the camera shop, when the place you used to go get your film developed. Mm. Um, and then she loved her job, loved what she did. She was a big family woman. So to see someone that was in such a, in my life, you know, such a person I respected, just literally go like this. And then that was it. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're so used to sitting next to someone, you and I like, we're, you know, we're watching our chest rise and fall subconsciously. We don't see it, but we know it's happening as we breathe in and we breathe out. And to just watch this powerful woman in my life, like just exhale and not inhale again. It was life-changing for me in many ways. Obviously losing your mom is hard. Losing your mom when you're a hormonal, angry teenager is worse. <laughs> I always said that I wish that I, Knowing what I know now, if I had just been a little older when she passed, maybe I wouldn't have been so mean about 
the stupid things that your little world cares about when you're 14. But um, watching her take her last breath kind of sent me into this very long spiral of how do I make each of my breaths count? Because I think death is a gift, whether it's one of your family pets that die early for the kids to like see that or like losing someone earlier in life is a, is a gift. It's the opportunity to not, you realize that your breaths are limited and how do you use them? Sometimes, as the book will chronicle, uh, my, I took it, the, people say I burned the candle at both ends. So I partied a little too hard. I, there's one of the chapters called The Single Bitch Chronicles. It's all about like my escapades in the dating world, not wanting to be in the dating world, but had to be. And then there's also moments where I do what I do now. Again, you can have both at the same time, but really realizing that yoga, movement, any sort of techniques in that way are the key to a really balanced life. We can have the fun, but we also need to have the practices of reflection, of meditation. And I hate to use that word because I think there's such a stigma around the word meditation, but some sort of grounding practice, whether it's your morning walk with your dog, whether it's just saying three things you're grateful for in the morning to your family, your partner, or your friends, whatever it is, but that meditative practice of coming back to not wasting your breath and wasting your time has been basically my entire life. Um, my company is called Be Inspired, and so it comes from watching my mom take her last breath. The Latin root of the word inspired is inhala and spira. It means to inhale and take life in. So to live a life inspired is to not waste the inhale, to take everything in. I sometimes in an actual class will say to people like, pretend that you're smelling your favorite candle or your favorite cup of coffee or tea in the morning. Like that's the way to savor breath and to not let it pass. Um, one of the big things with the book that I hope to get across is to make people feel like they're less alone. So whether that's in my classes that I teach now in person in San Diego, I teach some at Core Power, I've always loved it there. I teach some at um, this boot camp class called Revel. Whether it's that way, like teaching them to savor it, or whether it's just through the Monday mantras that I do online, these once a week themes for you to repeat. Um, if you're not familiar with the word mantra and you're listening to this, mantra means mind vehicle. So mantra, mind vehicle in Sanskrit. And it's something to make sure that your head isn't filled with all negative things all day. So it's something to hold on to. My one last week was like, every day in every way, I am getting better. And it kind of is like a song for me. I was having a pretty bad, you know, full moon time recently. And everything just felt hard. Everything felt like it was falling on me. And like, I know that it's a mind state that I, ha I need to work to shift. And I know that over time it will shift. But one of the tools that I'll use is take a mantra. Even if it doesn't feel right, like completely 100%, I just was like singing to myself, okay, Katie, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. I, now, I love mantras. I feel like you can trick yourself into that positive and that positive state right even if you don't truly feel that positive in the moment but it's kind of like a forward leap right yeah and mantras are a tool so I when I was I think it was two days ago I was feeling really overwhelmed and, and loaded I was like oh everything is falling on me I have too much to do and accomplish 
And like logically, I know that will change, but emotionally, I was still feeling that way. So the mantra was like you said, something to, it's almost like repping the muscle. So, you know, when I teach someone in personal training, you can't just do one squat and you have a perky butt the rest of your life. You have to Unfortunately. <laughs> right? You can't do one push up and you've got strong arms and chest and abs the rest of your life. You have to keep repping those muscles. And that's what mantra, that's what your meditative practice in the morning is. It's just this tiny rep every day, every morning, whatever it is, to keep the muscle of your emotional strength strong. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel 100% better when I said that mantra to myself. I just kept repeating it so that I would stop. I would clear out the thoughts that were so negative. You know, researchers believe that we have three to five thoughts in our head at one time. Some are subconscious thought and some are conscious thought. But if the mantra can be one of them, one of the three, then at least the other two, you know, won't be as loud or if they're negative, they won't take up as much space. Mm -hmm. We can't change what thoughts come in, but we can change what thoughts we give weight to. And that's mm -hmm. why mantras are so beneficial. It could also just be like, um, this week I was thinking about how I don't know with my business, the next step forward. I don't know how to get to where I want to go. And so one of my mantras, I just kept repeating to myself to make myself feel better was like, I have faith in the future. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but me stressing about the nitty gritty details today is not going to help my mind state and my vibration. Like, you know, I'll take steps. I'm going to ask for help and mentorship in certain ways, but to keep my day to day head state nice, I have to be able to like hold on to something that I have faith in my future. Okay. What that tells me is I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there, but I do have faith that what's coming will be good. Do I know what's coming? Exactly. No. Do I know exactly how I'm going to get there? No. Right. But and we I don't know. have to, right? We don't have yeah. to know how, but the worrying, I feel like it takes you out of the present moment. Like you are not here. You are just, in the future, but it doesn't help you because you're just like trying to figure things out without getting anywhere. So, yeah. yeah. And there's so much value in whatever your state is in the moment. So if I'm like too anxiety stressed about the future, then my state in the present moment is like, you know, cluttered and anxious and upset. So I'm giving that out to everyone that I meet. That's what that's being sent out. So yeah. if I can focus my energy more on, I have faith on what's coming, then I've got more of a grounded, mm -hmm. a more receiving energy. And then maybe the person that's going to help me get to my next step, because I'm so grounded in that moment, I meet them. But yeah. Cluttered and wound up, I wouldn't have met them. In oh, I totally believe, you know, in energy. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. If you have that good energy, you're going to attract these things to you versus being like all stressed out and yeah one of the tools that i often use is like i pretend that my future self maybe 10 years in advance um has like literally come down so in my meditation i'll just sit there and i'll pretend that myself from 10 years from now has dropped in and they've said okay katie everything you're doing today is going to add up to what you're looking towards like fear mm -hmm. not have faith in your future and trust that what the good stuff you're hoping for is coming, even if you can't see how you're going to get there yet. And so I just visualize and I really like, okay, if I knew that without a shadow of a doubt, how would I act today differently? Oh, I love that. Yeah. I would be so much more graceful with myself. I would give myself more credit. Maybe I'd laugh a little more, have some time to joke with people. 
It's just like a way for me to change my state immediately. How would I act if I knew that what I was doing was going to work? Yeah. Because no one knows, but the what your state in the moment matters. Who right. you now matters, right? The I think it's um Baron Baptiste that says like, you're either now here, N-O-W-H-E-R-E, now here, or you're nowhere. It's mm. the difference between moving the space, right? You just move the W over. So it's you're either now here or you're nowhere. And nowhere's no one wants to be nowhere, right? We, we'd rather be now here, but that space we create by just taking a few breaths, by visualizing my future self. Um, another one that I'll do, and I talk about this in the book. So I had Bell's palsy, which is a facial paralysis. About 40,000 people a year in America every, every year get it. So it's, it's common enough that some people have heard of it. You don't know like uh, actually big famous people like George Clooney and Angelina Jolie have had it, but when they get this facial paralysis, they go into hiding. So for me, like I couldn't, I had to keep working and your face is like stuck. So the left side of my face would move, but the right side, my eye was stuck open. My nostril wouldn't move. My mouth was stuck in place. So like to eat anything, I had to close my mouth with my hands or like if I drank, it would fall out the right side if I forgot to close it. And then not to mention, of course, you have to keep your eye lubricated. So I had to put drops every minute in my stuck open right eye, or I had to tape it shut like a pirate. Then this lasted for about six months um, in my late 20s. And if you looked at me from the outside, we'd be like, wait, she's like a beacon of health. She's a yoga teacher. She, you know, sleeps well, she exercises, but we never know what emotional stress we're taking on. And I can't go back. I've thought about it many times. Like I can't pinpoint exactly what happened to make my inflammation, the Bell's palsy happen. See what happens is the nerve gets so inflamed that it doesn't fit into the hole of your skull. So it's so inflamed it can't fire and make the nerves in your face work. So no one knows what causes inflammation exactly. It's just small things over time that we decide to let hang out, right? Um, cancer is inflammation. It's inflamed parts of the body too. You don't, I can't look at my mom and be like, oh, this is exactly why you got breast cancer. We don't have that understanding. We just know that stress over time contributes to inflammation. Inflammation creates dis-ease in the body, whether it's cancer, Bell's palsy, whether it's a low immune system, whatever it is, right? So when I had this facial paralysis, everything that I thought was a healing modality I was doing and I was still had it. So I had to like change it up completely. Um, one thing that I really got in the practice of doing, and anyone can do this, is three things to consider every morning before I get out of bed. And then because I was trying to heal, I did it at night before bed too. But um, the triple G, tried try G gangster. My first thing is I think, okay, what am I insanely grateful for just today? So a unique thing, it has to be different every day. I'm really grateful for the space heater in my bathroom. Let's just say that, okay? And then I would sit in the sit in that gratitude and let it fill my emotional body up. So if you're doing it yourself, you would think like, I wanna feel that gratitude. Maybe if your space heater isn't enough, you think of like your animal or your best friend or your partner and you let it fill, fill, fill you up. So then I take this good feeling, I start my morning this way and I give it to one person because I fully believe that giving is a key component to any human's happiness. So I think about maybe my dad across America on the East Coast. 
or maybe one of my good friends who lives in Italy. I think of someone that I can just send, send, send that gratitude feeling towards. So not only is my body now in that space of feeling grateful, but it's also in that space of giving back. And so I fill myself for like two or three minutes with this feeling. I'm so grateful and I'm sending, sending a green light from my heart to theirs, sending it out, just like a text message. We don't know how a text message is necessarily sent. You just trust that it's gonna get there. And then the final step is picking one thing to be a growth point because like I shared with you a few days ago, I was insanely overwhelmed, but my workload hadn't changed. So from a week prior, it was the same workload. It was just the way that I was looking at it. I wasn't giving myself the space to breathe around it like I had maybe the week prior. And so that last G, the growth point, is figuring out if I do one thing today, whatever the growth point is, when this happens, I'm gonna celebrate it. So the other day, like, it was, you know, an overwhelming day. So I said, once my laundry's done and I'm, it's fully out, I'm gonna take a moment and celebrate myself. I'm gonna say this was a successful day because I got this one growth point done. And what this does, and now new research in positive psychology proves to us that by picking something to celebrate each day, it then gives you this like uh, dopamine hit knowing like you've done something right. The same way when you're training a dog, if a dog doesn't pee on the rug, it pees outside, you give the dog a treat. Mm -hmm. So by you giving yourself a treat, you actually release dopamine. Like the, the body releases those chemicals of pride, of treats. That because we took time to say, thank you self, I'm never gonna get it all done and I did this. That celebration is a whole different state. And not saying that that's exactly what healed my Bell's palsy, we'll never know. It took about six months for it to come back. But I do know those three practices are critical for any human on earth. Thinking of gratitude, which we hear all the time, what are you grateful for, but specific gratitude. I just read a new research study on, um, they basically had two different middle schools tested in Iowa over the course of a 10 year study. And one middle school, they had pilot every day, they came in and said something they're grateful for, and it could be the same as the day before, just what are you grateful for? Then the other middle school had to write three specific, very specific new things each day. So by the end of the year, what was changing in their psyche was they're actually proactively every day looking for new things to be grateful for. They had, like we talked about before, repped the muscle, trained their brain to look for three unique new things. And this was like life-changing. Um, they noticed that over the 10 years, the other school did well with the gratitude, but the one that did the specific three things a day, they scored much higher on their overall exams um, and their average grade level. And so considering like how that for even as adults can truly change who we are. Yeah, it makes sense because it's so much more proactive, like you're way more intentional thinking about what you're grateful for. And especially with kids, I mean, their brains are so moldable if you would but as adults we get in these patterns and habits they say of the 60,000 thoughts we have in a day only a thousand are new from the day before mm -hmm. so if those thousand maybe three of them are like ones that we're looking for new things to be grateful for that's a huge it's a huge shift in what the glasses we wear to see the filter of our lives mm -hmm. yeah and i i the giving back component has always been something big for me um because of my mom's breast cancer I lead international retreats for a living. 
So I do like eight or nine trips a year for self-development. We do like workshops, we do um, journal entry workshops kind of thing, and then we do some movement, and then we have fun, and we see the country in a unique way. But because of these retreats, I've actually gotten the most growth out of leading a free one for cancer survivors every year. So I've led eight now, and I do the same exact trip that I would do for like you and I, and instead, I just bring only cancer survivors together on a free trip and they, the content is the same, but the way they approach it is a little different, obviously, um, because they get a second lease on life. And so that's a huge thing that I, I fundraise for in my 501c3 every year. It's just like bringing, bringing really worthy people a second chance in seeing their new life in a different way. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Thank you. How many, how many um, people do you have on average joining that trip? And where do you take them usually? So it's about 20 to 25 people. And we drive down to Ensenada. So mm -hmm. probably like two hours south of San Diego. Um, and we just drive, and which is great. Because the bus, for me, that's part of the, that's the fun part, is getting to know people on the bus. And then um, we stop at an orphanage down there, which my charity also fully supports. So there's an orphanage down in Ensenada right next to where we stay that has anywhere from 40 to 60 kids like floating in through the foster care program through like if their parents you know if the Mexican government has deemed their parents unable to parent them a lot of kids will be there for like a three-month trial period and if the parents can get their act together and if not then they'll just keep the kid and put them up for adoption uh, but we like single-handedly fund them so there's a lot of work always to be done and one of the big like takeaways for the cancer survivors is some of them have been told they won't be able to have kids because of some of their processes or you know they've been in the space of cancer for so long that when they see these orphans that giving back component to someone who was so sick or was so sick now all of a sudden they like they get lost in giving mm. so their their problems aren't as big because they see these kids that need so much love And I think that that's a huge component of happiness for anyone is if we're not giving back to something bigger than our own story, then we get lost in our story. Yes. And our traumas become so much bigger. Yes. Wow, that's so amazing. Thank you. I, I mean, anyone can do it anytime, right? We got gratitude, giving, and then that growth point is just celebrating something that you did. Uh, one of my business coaches makes me always start the session with, like a win or celebration. And so I try to do that with anyone that I encounter. Like if I'm at the desk at Core Power, I'll say, okay guys, what was a win this week? You know, just trying to start off, like break the ice with something strong uh, because we don't, as adults, they say for every five bad things equals one good thing, like in feedback. We just always hear the bad. And so training our brains to hear the good is so important too. Yeah, but it's also such a constant work, like you have to be so intentional about it, right? Because in our daily busy lives, and like you said, everyone has problems and things go wrong in life. But to always pull yourself back into that place of like, okay, after all, what is here to be grateful for? What is going well in my life? How can I, how can I help? It's like a constant work you have to do like you seem to have mastered it to be so positive and do all this good work and do you like is it just you or do you have a team of people like with your nonprofits and like setting up and 
organizing all these um, retreats? Like, it seems like you yeah. do a lot. I do. I have a lot going on with the retreats. And then we have an app that, so the Be Inspired app was some, a silver lining that started over COVID because, you know, we're stuck at home. So mm. like, and I still want to give classes to people. And it was a great silver lining in all of that stuckness because now there's over 2000 videos available for people. So anything from like wow. a five minute meditation where I guide you through that, the, the triple, G, triple G gangster meditation I just said, or like 10 minute stretches. I started those to get my dad on board because he's not, uh, you know, he's approaching 70 and he's not as open to some of the yoga or the strength training stuff, totally fine. But I was like, you have 10 minutes to just stretch and listen to me tell a story. Mm -hmm. I tell like a motivating story and people just sit and stretch. And it's wonderful. Anyone has 10 minutes. If you don't have 10 minutes a day to like better your future, then you really have to realign your priorities because that 10 minutes a day is so good for preventative medicine for your body and your mind. So um, it seems like anyone can really work with you because anyone, you know, yes. Yeah. From like the challenging yoga classes to just listening to you doing stretches, like. Right. Yeah. And that's the important part is like just saying yes to that 10 minutes can change your whole month. Like it's a huge thing. And so with the app, getting people on board to like, you know, it's 10 bucks a month and like you get all these videos, yoga sculpt and yoga and lifting if you like that stuff or just I know a lot of people that just do the 10 minute stretches. Um, but between that, the retreats that I lead every year to Italy, India, um, Mexico, we're going to Sayulita, Ensenada, Thailand, South Africa. And then finally, the charity is the biggest part. So we support not just the orphanage in Ensenada, but India too, we have one. So all of those things, I have an awesome assistant, Larissa, that helps me. Um, and I have ambassadors, like teachers who have trained under me that help me lead the trips and, and be ambassadors for the, the cool stuff that we're doing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very small show but it, it makes a big difference and oh yeah it sounds like a huge impact you're having on on so many people yeah thank you i i have to keep training my brain this way because if i don't i am prone the whole katie be happy thing was a joke because i'm from jersey and i'm crass and sarcastic and not positive and so i have to proactively work every day to rep that muscle yeah that's hard to believe when 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 i listen to you it's really i've been listening to your um weekly mantras and all that and because you have such a positivity so inspirational it's hard to believe so you're tricking yourself into Because if I'm not in it, then if I fall out of practice of it, then I fall pretty low. And so like I have to be in the practice of moving a little bit every day of taking on these, you know, even just the five minutes in the morning is life changing for me, for my partner. Like it, it really does help to reset the mind because it's so easy to fall into the small stuff. And the world is really big if we're open to it. Mm -hmm. And also our time is extremely limited. So I don't want to waste it. Mm. Love that. So what is the best way to get in touch with you if listeners want to find out more about all the amazing things you do? Um, so my book, Cheers to Chaos, Eight Tools for the Puffy-Eyed and Powerful is on Amazon. You could buy it regular, you could buy it Kindle, or I read the audiobook. It's only like four and a half hours long. So it's kind of nice to hear my voice, read the stories about my mom's death and my Bell's palsy and my singledom. And it's very crass. It is X-rated. So be mindful if anyone's embarking on that direction. It was pretty awkward for my family to read some of the parts. <laughs> 
Um, and then for like retreats and, and the app, everything's on my website. It's beinspired.life. It's just the letter B and the word inspired. And it's an opportunity for you to see if you like the meditation stretches, if you want to do a retreat anywhere from three, five, seven, or 10 days. Um, and if you're a local in San Diego, come find me. I'd love to comp you classes. Um, but that, that's all on the site and my Instagram, Katie Be Happy. Thank you so much. I know you're such a busy woman, but I loved having you on here today and thank sharing you. your story. Very inspirational. And again, thank you for all the amazing work you do. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would be so grateful if you would please go ahead and rate and review this show.